What is up, Fight Fam? From the ever-beautiful City of Angels, this is Cage Free Chicks, a combat sports-centered podcast by women, about women, for everyone, where we take a look into the world of combat sports through the female lens and discuss how martial arts have helped shape some of the toughest women on the planet. As always, we are your favorite Cage Free Chicks, Nadia and Michelle. For episode 31, we are joined by Saida Durfee, aka the Ginger Ninja. Saida is a highly accomplished Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt who has not only won pans in both gi and no gi, she has also won a master's world as well as a bronze in a world's gi and a silver at a world's no gi competition. Life has taken Ginger Ninja on a wild ride. From New Mexico to growing up in Egypt, where she did high-level gymnastics and later transitioned to Taekwondo. Upon the family's return to the United States, Saida unfortunately had to give up martial arts because she could not find a school that took the sport seriously enough. After graduating college, she was dealt with yet another heavy hand. A diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis which incapacitated her for quite some time, making even the most mundane daily tasks painful, let alone athletics of any kind. That is until she found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It was the first sport in a long time that did not cause her immense physical pain and truly fulfilled her competitive soul. Now Saida strives to pay back the community that has already given her so much, combining her experience with working in nonprofits to help Hyperfly's Lionheart Initiative bring Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gear to communities in Africa. Also, please check out the following codes from Ginger Ninja's sponsors. For 10% off at Hyperfly, use GINJAFLY, G-I-N-J-A-F-L-Y, Jits Soap, 10% off, Ginja 10, G-I-N-J-A, the number 10, Jits Pins, 10% off, Ginja Pins, G-I-N-J-A-P-I-N-S, Cannabody, 15% off, Ginja Ninja BJJ, G-I-N-J-A-N-I-N-J-A-B-J-J. Also, Guards What's Yours. To get a discount, message them directly and mention that you heard Ginger Ninja talk about them on this podcast. Enjoy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. For those who do not know you, if you wouldn't mind just giving a short uh, bio about yourself, and I think we can get, get going from there. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Saida Durki. Uh, I also go widely known as Ginger Ninja. So I was born in New Mexico and I Grew up most of my childhood in Alexandria, Egypt. Moved back to the U.S. in high school, and I'm a, a martial artist, but uh, primarily Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Awesome. That's like I wish I could be so succinct yet hit all the points in my <laughs> personal bio. So, <laughs> so I really admire you for that. Like, damn. Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> I hope one day to get to a point where I can also just. Like, no, exactly. <laughs> Look who I am. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Yeah, that is a hard question. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of that. And usually when, you know, we hit people with this. So how do you identify? They're like, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah, I think that I think especially with martial artists, that's like such a vague thing. Yeah, but totally. I really, I really do feel that way. I mean, I grew up doing martial arts and then kind of came back to it later. So mm-hmm. it definitely is kind of like a core thing that has followed me through life. For sure. So tell us how this is such a basic question, but maybe a good place to start. What brought you to martial arts? You know, you just said it's such like a kind of core pillar, I guess, in your life. So when I when I was living in Egypt, I was doing gymnastics and I was completely in love with it. I was competing and just going every day and super obsessed. And um, had this uh, little, little, literally little instructor who was maybe like four foot ten, this oh, Russian yeah. lady. And she was like the, the scariest coach I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> um, but um, one day my mom came to pick me up and she was like, uh, yeah, so your daughter is too tall to do gymnastics ever again. So that was uh, then, and I was like floating around trying to find another sport. I tried a whole bunch of stuff. Um, the place that I went to tried to get me to do diving because I did gymnastics and I was on the swim team. So they were like, oh, perfect combination. 
And that was terrifying. <laughs> Never again. Um, and then I saw this uh, Taekwondo class kind of through this window and I went down and I investigated it and I like instantly fell in love with Taekwondo and was like it kind of brought together that kind of strictness that I loved from gymnastics along with this fact and um, community that came with being in martial arts and um, in Egypt it was really taken very seriously like um, there were no such thing as like a McDojo <laughs> that we have here in the U.S. I got really into it as a young kid and it changed when I moved back to the U.S. but that's how I got into martial arts originally. What brought your family to Egypt? So uh, my dad was a professor of comparative religion and um, we had grown up in this like kind of commune-esque <laughs> place in uh, New Mexico, um, mm -hmm. which is where I was born. And it was like 50 families, really beautiful up in the mountains. Um, and But we ended up moving to Egypt. So my dad kind of continued his work. Um, we went there for a summer and ended up staying for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know. Yeah, they have a tendency to do that. <laughs> I I feel you. I my parents like moved my family to Tokyo and it's supposed to be two years and turned into sick period. Yeah. I was like, exactly. well, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I worry when they travel. I'm like, are you coming back? <laughs> <laughs> I think that about some places, you know, um, that I want to travel to. I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't go oh, there yeah. right now in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think we might come back. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, not 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 too bad. Not a bad thing. Not, not a bad, bad thing at all. And I feel like yeah. uh, studying or you know teaching comparative religion in Egypt is kind of a pretty cool environment to put your, your yeah. kids in. Good, different yeah. perspective, you know. Yeah, and it was really cool. We we went to um, a school that was it was my my sister and I. She's two years older than me. Um, we went to a school that was all everybody that went to the school was Egyptian except for us. But um, whoa, everybody, yeah, yeah. But everybody spoke English and Arabic, and but the classes were taught like half in Arabic, half in English, which was really cool. And, wow. And it, but it was it was British English. So when I came back to uh. the states, I I definitely had like this weird jumbled <laughs> English going on, like American British Arabic mixed in. It was just the best. Yeah, I feel yeah. you on that. Um, I'm not from the United States. I'm from Uzbekistan. And so, like, before we moved here, I had to learn uh, English. And it was also mm -hmm. British, like, very proper British English. And, uh, like, I moved here. I was starting fourth grade, and no one could understand me. Oh, because was, like, And it was just so alienating because I'm like, where's the rubbish? They're like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, well, the the word I think that was the hardest for me to like finally convert back to American English was aluminum, and I always said aluminium. Oh my god, it was like ten years. I was still like aluminum. And so, like very recently, I would forget that it's garage, not garage. And then people were like, why are you being weird? <laughs> so you said, sorry to just like beat the all business. <laughs> like, everyone's laughing. Know, like, good. Intense, yeah, intense question. Um, you know, you said you started in gymnastics and it seems like a lot of the sports, you know, swimming is also, um, I don't want to say rigid, but very uh, disciplined and Structure. structured. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And you said that's one of the things that sort of pulled you into doing martial arts. Um, do you think that you've always been this way, you know, kind of seeking out? It seems like all of these sports are, have really yeah. objective measures, you know? Yeah, I think I think that um, myself and my personality is very, like, kind of all over the place. And um, I was that kid that would, like, talk to every stranger on the street and say hi mm -hmm. and introduce myself and, like, Probably not the best idea traveling all over. I didn't get kidnapped, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, but I, I was just like really, really outgoing and kind of all over the place. And I think that there was definitely a part of me that was 
seeking out that discipline and that just very straightforward, strict part of me. Um, and I definitely got that out of sports and particularly martial arts. Yeah. I think that I was looking for that discipline because I had just a lot of chaos in my natural existence in life. I still do, you know, I'm just uh, really <laughs> outgoing and all over the place. And I, I found that kind of it's kind of like a nice constant one thing you can kind of rely yeah. on to always being like very straightforward. Um, and yeah. like a very long progression, I think. And I'm sure like, you know, it felt like relocating from the United States to somewhere like Egypt, that is so discombobulating. And it makes total sense that you were looking for something to give you a set of rules to follow. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think I always have been kind of into that personal sport, like one-on-one or you against everybody else. Like, I've never really been a team sport person. I played soccer for a while, but it's not. Yeah, I've never really had that thing where I want to have all of us responsible for what happened. I want right. that feeling of like, if I win, it's because I did the work. If I lose, it's because I lost. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, there's nothing worse to me. Yeah, there's nothing worse to me than when like you play a soccer game and you lost, but you personally had like the best game ever. And everybody's like, oh, oh yeah, we lost. I'm like, man, I did good. <laughs> I think while it's a good metaphor for life in a lot of ways, a lot of things yeah. that you do in life, um, it's pretty frustrating and irritating, you know, when you know that you're making, yeah. making gains. Yeah. And I'd have school projects and just end up being like, you know what, I'll just do it all. We can present it together, yep. but I'm doing the work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is not yeah. going to be a piece of shit. Like, no yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely different personalities depending on that <laughs> specifically. Yeah, and uh, my coach there was also um, the head of the police force, which oh. added another <laughs> another level, another level yeah. to that strictness. But I loved it, man. Like he was hardcore. He would just like scream and yell at me, and I just loved that so much. <laughs> It, like, forces you to learn, you know? Like, we had a professor yeah. in college. Like, a lot of people didn't like because he was just, like, you cannot bring devices into this class. Like, I don't really care what you have yeah. to say about it. You're going to learn. Yeah. And it was so good. And I learned the most I've ever learned in probably any class because he was just not about the distractions. Like, you're here for an hour. Yeah. You're here for whatever time. Just focus, you know? Like, you can make yeah. much more yeah. gains that you consistently focus, you know, for a short period of time than trying to do eight things at one time. Yeah. And just having that sense of like this is the right thing to do and this is the wrong thing to do and just <laughs> do what I tell you to do and everything will be okay. I'm like, okay. No problem. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> did you go from Taekwondo to Jiu Jitsu or, or what was that discovery into Jiu Jitsu? Not directly, not directly. Okay. So we we moved back to the States when I went into high school, like right before I started high school. Mm -hmm. And I was a brown belt in Taekwondo at the time. So mm -hmm. I was really mad at my parents to take me away from that at that given time obviously yeah. but you know it was what it was we ended up moving back here and um I went around bless them they took me like everywhere within an hour and a half from where we live tried Damn. to find a school yeah yeah they really did they tried kudos yeah them. yeah kudos <laughs> kudos to them. they really did try they felt bad they knew how important it was to me and uh we really tried to find a place but i just felt like uh you know how people joke about it now with this mcdojo thing but it really was serious to me like i really i really felt like people here were not taking it seriously and they were just kind of playing around yeah or, like having a place where kids could go and just have like after school it was ridiculous and i i just i felt almost offended by it <laughs> this is not what this is about <laughs> yeah so I just I, I got really disheartened and I just quit completely I didn't end up doing martial arts for 10 years after that wow you know I played soccer and I snowboarded and I did some other stuff but yeah I just completely stopped altogether which was hard and I I, I do look back and see that there I was lacking exactly that I needed that back in my life so that was the big gap and then um I absolutely hate going to the gym <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about that but it's like Love the it. worst thing on <laughs> <Yeah. for me. laughs> especially 
especially when I don't have any goal. Like I, I can do it if I'm if I'm training for a specific tournament or something like that. I'm fine. I'm like, okay, I need to go do this, do this, and it's fine. But like just going to the gym to work out is one of my personal hells. So yeah, I think like after college, like people stop kind of doing those team sports unless you're doing it for yeah. school, which I wasn't. And I was working full time and going to school full time. And like your options are you go play soccer with your friends on the weekends or like go snowboarding in the wintertime or go to the gym. Like that's, that's right. those are your options. Right. That was just crazy to me. The next phase of it kind of was the big change. I moved to D.C. I was living in uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, which is not far. But I moved to D.C. and I did not know anybody. I moved for a job and I did. I knew like my parents had a couple of friends that lived up here and literally knew nobody else. And I, you know, in college, you just have your people. You have your yeah. people. You find your people. You have your people. I went to an art school. It was like very much your people place. <laughs> um, and I, I had no, yeah, I had no idea that, uh, you know, me being the social person that I was, I had no idea what it would be like to not instantly have people. <laughs> and yeah, it was really hard for me. It was it was weird and like not really a big go out to bars and hang out or go out. And I, I don't know how you meet people as an adult. I, I was working out at a gym and like they had some boxing, kickboxing. And I was like, oh, OK, that's kind of fun. You know, I'll dabble with that a little bit. Not a big fan of getting punched in the head. <laughs> um, <laughs> not the rare breed of people. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. No, it really is. And then, out of nowhere, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which Ooh, I don't wow. know if you guys know what that is. Usually, it's um, it's an autoimmune disease, and it usually affects people either when they're really young or much older. Definitely, I was an anomaly in this situation, you know, somebody who's, like, very healthy. I grew up, like, all homeopathy, you know, hippie parents, <laughs> the whole deal, you know, very, very, very healthy upbringing, active my whole life. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, I went to my parents' house and like woke up one morning and my, both of my ankles had swollen up like three times normal size. Oh, and we're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> is this? You have elephantitis. What is going on? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I, I was like, what is this? <laughs> so freaky. So freaky. So, but it ended up being, after many tests, it ended up being rheumatoid arthritis, um, which is a disease that basically affects your joints kind of the opposite of like regular how people think of arthritis, uh, which is when it's like breaking down your joints. This is when, you know, if you get bumped in your knee or your shin or something and your body knows that something is wrong, so it sends all its white blood cells to attack what's wrong to fix it and you get swollen and that whole thing. So basically it's like your body thinks that things are wrong in your joints, but they aren't. So it just attacks itself. Uh, that's like the best way that I've found to describe what it is. Yeah, it hit me completely out of left field. Took me down. Like I could not do anything except get out of bed, go to work, come back, fall back into bed. It was crazy. It must have been um, huge working on someone like you who's so active and so oh my God. you're constantly sort of seeking out activity yeah. and like I think yeah. I think one thing you said that I think that we probably both really resonate with is um, you can't understand how the only options are <laughs> going to the gym. And we both certainly agree. You know, it's like being active should not be this sort of it extra part. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally your life. Like your person. Yeah. Engaging. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like not having physical activity is a very strange it's thing not when you're used to having physical. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a, oh, I'll just do this once in a while. This is just like how you are in life, right? Yeah. yeah and absolutely. and to, to suddenly have doctors being like, yeah, yeah, you can't do that, you know? And I, I really couldn't. I mean, I, I tried to fight them on it and I was like, okay, well, I'll go to yoga, right? And I went to yoga yeah. and like, I couldn't move my hands the next day. Oh, and then I tried to go work out one time and I met with um, a 
personal trainer and explained the whole thing. And mm-hmm. he was, he was like, Oh, I'm familiar with this. I know what we can do. All this stuff. He sounded like he knew what he was doing. And I ended up in the hospital the next day. I, oh. it was insane. Yeah. Like he just did one workout with me and you know, once you're working out, even if you're in pain, usually like once you start working out, you're like, Oh yeah, I feel good. Especially yeah. after, after you haven't done it for a while, right? And you're like, yeah. oh, this feels good. I feel great. And so I ended up in the hospital and I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Meanwhile, my doctors were like pumping me. I felt like a lab rat. It was like this medication, yeah. this medication. Let's switch this. Let's stop taking this and add this. It was like, do you guys even know what you're doing? Like, I literally <laughs> you know what's going on. Yeah, they don't. I really, I mean... I hate to say that because I know that they're, for the most part, are trying to help. I get it. But having grown up very naturally, I can count the times that I actually had to go to the doctor for like a problem on less than two hands my entire childhood, you know? And then, yeah. And then suddenly I was like, oh, we have three doctor's appointments a week. Like what? (laughs) So that went on for a while and it was terrible. (laughs) I'm not really sure what switched, but I kind of just, I was like, okay, I need to take this into my own hands. And I changed my entire diet and started really trying to find some solutions to, you know, make it a little bit better and like not have to take 13 prescriptions every single day. Because that was what did you was like change uh, in your diet? There's a lot of a lot of things that aren't expected. Like you have to eliminate basically anything that will naturally inflame your body, and things that people don't expect that are in everything, like tomatoes, cause a lot of inflammation, and that everything has tomatoes in it. Yeah, every sauce, every it's crazy. So it was you know like little things that I realized I had a lot of in my diet so I, I'm not like now for a while I I got really rigid about it and just just to figure out what what helps and what yeah. helps you know so I would like I taking something out completely and then try taking something else out completely and just see how my body worked with it and that that helped a little bit but I still was really relying on medication but it got me to the point I found this capoeira class. You guys know what capoeira is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I found this class and I was like, okay, maybe I can try this. No impact. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. hit each other. You um, actually feel like you know. moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of like dance. You can move around. You can get your body kind of engaged. But it's not even like yoga where you're pressing down on your joints. I was like, yeah. maybe. Maybe I'll be able to do this, you know? And it was cool because, you know, I found, like, a, a group of people. I found, like, a, a nice community of people. They were really cool. And so I started doing it. And it it didn't help me physically at all, but it helped me emotionally and mentally right. a ton. <laughs> yeah. The community aspect, I'm sure, yeah. was, like, probably nice. Oh, my God. Yeah. People and, you know, not just by yourself because I can imagine that you probably yeah were going stir crazy like starving I mean, for just you, like, exactly oh my god yeah exactly you, was, you being a social person needing to like talk to people yeah yeah I mean I really feel like that's such a strange thing when you feel like it's a very normal part of your life and then mm-hmm. you take it away and you're you don't even realize like how important something like that is yeah you feel like you're like starving for it and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I totally feel you. Just like even, you know, like yeah. you, with, with your case, like how you, you know, rheumatoid arthritis impaired you physically for a little bit. And like, you know, when you're able-bodied, you don't really think about how life is when you can't do the same thing. You that really you're, don't. Like you're not even thinking about it. Like, oh, I'm just going to like pick up this case of water, whatever. Yeah. You're just and living then, your like, life, right? And then yeah. you don't have it and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how to do it. Where do I, where do <laughs> yeah. I begin? Yeah. 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 Like, so. what do you, what do you mean? I can't just like, you know, in my, you know, previously in my life, I was like, oh, yoga is super easy. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. sorry, everybody out there that wears my yoga. I get it. I get it now. I do get it. But, you yeah. know, I was like, ugh. Okay, I guess I'll go do yoga class. 
to not even be able to do yoga, I was like, what? <laughs> well, it's like, you know, room for the Fridays, it's like, so I imagine like even taking a shower is just like super painful, yeah. like, let alone oh like God. anything else. Yeah. Anything else, right? Like I would wake up in the morning and not be able to, yeah, like, like move a faucet a hard faucet I lived in an old building and like you know it was just crazy so I I talked to my doctors and they were like oh well you know you really shouldn't be doing that when I started capoeira and they're like you really shouldn't be doing anything at all and I was like what do you mean like (laughs) not do nothing at all (laughs) yeah like I'm not at all yeah, I'm not like on my deathbed. What are you talking like, about? You're not an invalid. Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, and I was, I was like going to these, these, uh, doctor's appointments and there was like a lot of elderly people in there. And I was like, Oh my God, it, is this literally what my <laughs> life is going to be like? <laughs> what is going on? This can't be what's happening. <laughs> Finally was like done. Right. So I, I was doing that. Capoeira, and I had I didn't tell people about it. I would just kind of like deal with it while mm-hmm. I was in pain, and then go home and just like every single night have to take really long Epsom salt bath and just lay there. But you know, it felt better than doing nothing, so I dealt with it. And then I had these two guys who used to come in there who were MMA fighters. And how it all begins with boys. It's how it all begins with boys. <laughs> and they're like, man, you gotta try jujitsu. You gotta try jujitsu. You're so flexible. You'd be so good at it. And I was like, yeah. They're like, you're so tall. You're so flexible. Come on. And I was like, yeah. And I, I you know, I didn't want to explain it to them. I, I never, I hate when people like feel badly for you. I don't know. Yeah, I have yeah, a big yeah, thing yeah. about that. So I was like, just okay yeah I'll try it one day whatever and that went on for like a year and then there was actually a Groupon (laughs) I found a Groupon for (laughs) jujitsu yeah (laughs) that's how it really started I think they're better when they're like when you feel like you got them man I was like oh this is cheap I could try this for a month if I lose this money it's just a month no big deal, right? Yeah. Here we later. are. <laughs> oh my God. Here we are. Six, five years later, whatever. Yeah. But what's crazy is I went to my first class, April 2015. My body was moving and it just felt so natural and I was completely comfortable the whole time. Like a lot of people, you know, their first two jujitsu classes, they're like, uh, what is this? My body does not move this. I was the complete opposite. I was like immediately, I make total sense. I went home and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in so much pain tomorrow. This is crazy. And then mm-hmm. I woke up and I was okay. <laughs> that is some straight up like witchcraft that yeah. is crazy turned out for your ailing joints what you needed was a sport all where <laughs> it's all about attacking joints yeah no for real though because i kept going and i was like i don't know what's going on but i don't really care because i'm not hurting so i don't really care <laughs> i don't need it you're having fun you have all yeah. those, those aspects that you that you kind of yeah. craving, you know, social aspect oh and everyone's super like progressing and equally self-responsible sort of thing yeah and respect and finding like oh yeah there's that discipline again and i felt mm-hmm. that that internal feeling of like, oh no, I need to show up. I need to be there. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I have a reason to be there. So, um, within six months, my rheumatoid arthritis went into remission. Oh, which this is, is like, you know, it's crazy. Like my doctors to this day have, no, they have no explanation for it. So I went from taking 13 prescription medications a day to one and a half. Wow. So, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, at that's, all. that's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Thank yeah. You too. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jujitsu. So yeah, people are like, Oh, Jujitsu saved my life and I'm like, Okay, Literally. I know that's I, I know that's yeah, I know people say that and kind of roll their eyes, but yeah, no, for real though. <laughs> so within the last going on five years, you've had you've had a pretty quick regression in Jujitsu yeah, and like seems a rather been, illustrious career. <laughs> yeah. What has it been like? Yeah. You know, competing at Pan Ams and things like that and just did you I mean did you ever see yourself getting so deep into 
the sport and how do you feel about it now? It's crazy. I think that, you know, all of those feelings that I had as a kid, you know, I competed in Taekwondo a lot when I was a kid. And I think as soon as I found my thing again, you know, like I had been craving it for so long and my body had been craving it for so long. It was just, it took over and it kind of just knew what to do. It was like a gases and my brain just immediately locked into it. And I very quickly wanted to compete. And I know, I know that, you know, for a lot of people, like competition is not a big thing for them. And jujitsu has like all walks of life. You know, there are people that are in it just for health reasons there are people that are in it just for the community some people self-defense you know and I think those are all very valid important reasons to do it you know and that's the beauty of it is like it, it can take all kinds but competition was very important to me and you know I mean looking back on it yeah maybe there was like like I was making up for lost time or part of me was like trying to prove to myself that like, okay, you went through this crazy thing, but now you get to do all the things that you couldn't do or you thought maybe you never would be able to do it in life. So you're just go head forward, eyes yeah. down, just go for it, you know? I mean, your doctors literally yeah. said, yeah. they literally told you to stop moving and it's because I'm you like, defied yeah. forget how to be a human being. And then you're like, yeah, hey. I was like, well, I don't know how much time I have doing it, but I'm going to do it 110% while I can. <laughs> That's a really good way of just like, I think, going about anything. It's like, well, I don't know how long. Yeah, you really I mean, don't. I mean, you know, like you, you're healthy good. one day and then you you never know what can happen. Like rheumatoid arthritis. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you, re- you know, you get hit by a car and like end up a paraplegic. You don't know. That's you don't real. Know. Yeah. You know? People are yeah. like, oh, doing this is dangerous. It's like, let no, as opposed to what? Living is dangerous. As opposed to, yeah. As opposed to not. <laughs> At least yeah. like, when you like consciously engage on contact sports like that, like you are taking, if you don't take full responsibility for your actions and your intentions, yes, of course it can get seriously hurt. And like, that's the important yeah. point. This is like the, yeah. in life, you can't really control anything, right? But then like when you yeah. come into the gym, you get on the mat, you know exactly what you can't control. You know exactly, exactly. what you can But you know yeah. what? You know what's crazy is I have a funny story about that. Um, this, uh, this past Thanksgiving, I was hanging out with my niece. She's five, um, and yeah, super cute. Yeah, Joey, Jojo. Hi, Joey. I'm gonna have to have her listen to this. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she, she, we were doing some jujitsu. It was her and her brother and her cousin. So mm-hmm. like age range five to eight. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was super cute because she's super girly girl, super girly girl, like <laughs> dresses and frilly oh. and the whole deal. Right. But she like totally got jujitsu. She understood it. Like, she was like so into it and following me around and asking me questions all night. And it was so cute. So she learned how to how to rear naked choke people. <laughs> yeah, oh, great idea for five-year-olds, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> start young, start young. She also learned a double leg takedown, which was oh. awesome. <laughs> that combo. Was yeah, what those two things are good. Exactly. We were we were talking about that, and I was like explaining, you know, you got to make sure when you're playing with your friends that you know you you've explained how to do things with them and you know the first lesson is always how to tap right yeah. Yeah. she's like she's like I feel like this should be a lesson for everything in life <laughs> she's like can we just tap in life can we just tap in life uh, it was like the best thing I've ever heard <laughs> So like we could just teach everybody on the playground how to do this and everybody would be a lot better to each other. <laughs> it's amazing. Now we for president. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Teach all the classmates about. Oh, I hope so. No, I really do hope so. I was like, man, this is genius. If you just go to talk to your friends and then your friends talk to their friends, like yeah. we could get a movement going. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so that's that's our lesson from Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow, that that's pretty intense. 
I really did not think that was going to be the takeaway. And then I also learned that, um, uh, you know how you have your, you have your airway or your, your air pipe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should yeah. like, I was explaining the, the actual physics of rear naked choking somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so then her dad comes in the room and she's like, daddy, can I choke you? <laughs> like, she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Let me explain. She's like, this is your air pipe. And on the side, these are your blood pipes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yes. And she's like, I'm just going to choke your blood pipes and your brain will just not get blood. <laughs> and I was like, dude, can you just come explain this to everybody? <laughs> oh, so good. I can only imagine what it was like just seeing a five-year-old child (laughs) say that in the most, you know, innocent way that five-year-old kids say anything and say, yeah, I'm going to cut off your blood supply. And then... Like, if you could just break down jujitsu into a five-year-old's vocabulary for explaining it, it would be the most epic thing ever. Okay, so competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has that been like? Um, we know that, like, right lately, it's not been the doctors have not uh, been helping you out. Yeah, I've had, I've had a couple of injuries, which is fine. It's natural. It happens. Yeah. I, I'm okay with injuries. I'm definitely like super hard headed. Most fighters are like, okay, yeah, sure, tell me whatever, and then I'm just gonna go do what I want to do anyway. But luckily, like, I've really lucked out. I've found a couple of incredible doctors and physical therapists who just started doing jujitsu herself so she was like she was like you know what i'm just gonna come because i want to i keep sending her referrals because she's amazing so mm-hmm. she was like i have all these jujitsu patients now and i need to actually see what you guys are doing she did a couple classes and she's like oh my god i love this <laughs> I <was> like, yeah <laughs> yeah i found a couple of doctors who were just like look I know you're going to keep doing what you're doing. So let's find the ways to do it right, which is, you know, ideally what you want, right? So whether it's with my rheumatoid arthritis or with actual jujitsu injuries, you want to be able to trust what your doctor is saying to be what you really are capable of doing or not doing, right? Don't tell me just stop doing everything. It's not going to happen ever again in life. Like, be realistic with me. Tell me what I can do. Tell me what I can't do. Tell me your recommendations for how to get better faster. And that's, you know, if I trust what I'm getting and I like see that it's working, then then it'll work. Having felt like a lab rat for years, I'm never ever going to just take advice of like, just stop doing stuff. You can't live that way. Yeah. So I think it's really important that that relationship with your doctors or with your physical therapist or whoever like it's you know a lot of fighters really don't take injuries as seriously as they should when they should but I think it's because you know you you have this hard-headed mentality of just go 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 and you can I'm a redhead certain percentage (laughs) of redheads have this gene where we don't feel pain the same way which is it's a really crazy thing it takes a whole lot more to feel pain than it probably should it's really dangerous too because you know like i had had three broken ribs and didn't even know it kind of thing i was like oh yeah they can have a bruise (laughs) you have three broken ribs (laughs) i i feel like that's like a good analogy for how most fighters just are they're like oh it's nothing fighters i think in general like in order to sort of like pursue this path you need to be someone who is okay with going against nature if the person is trying to advise you doesn't really understand this sort of like psychological thing um and doesn't really get what you're doing yeah it's their point of reference is just not the same because then none of the advice they can give to you actually is applicable like realistically exactly Especially something yeah, like all of as them. nuanced as jujitsu, and it's—I I think it'd be very difficult to give someone advice. And um... yeah, I totally agree. And I think, yeah, I think that you know, it's interesting when you talk to 
um, doctors or physical therapists who have gotten into the sports that they're treating, mm-hmm. how incredibly different they do treat them. And, and maybe gym owners or whatever should, you know, take that in mind and start marketing towards that. I mean, I've, I've had doctors yeah. who train with me. I've had ER doctors who train with me who have changed how they treat patients. I've had therapists for sure. But man, I mean, like that's a, that's a huge deal when you have somebody who's been through what you've been through treating you rather than just somebody like oh well yeah I think that that's an important aspect of this sport and you know and then again and then if you do have your doctor like my doctor just recently was like look you really shouldn't go to this tournament and if it had been any other doctor I would have been like yeah 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 okay and then go anyway because I know that they really do know what they're talking about I was like okay you know what that's fine. I get it. I won't go. And that's a big difference. That's huge. The path that works is the path that you actually stick to. You don't line yourself up with doctors and people that you trust and kind of what's the point of having them in your life. They're just not the person telling you. Yeah. And I feel like that's also kind of a general macro world applicable statement. Once you're clear to go back to to competing after this little current incident, uh, what are your sort of plans? Feeding is a really big part of my jujitsu and um, my goal has always been black belt world champion and it will always be and then once i've accomplished that then it'll be multiple times (laughs) nice i mean there's no end to this sport it's a beautiful thing and competing evolves i went through one year the blue belt where i competed like 26 times in a year something ridiculous it was like completely ridiculous like what are you doing (laughs) why are you even doing this I really enjoy competing I I feel like I learn a lot about myself I feel like I evolve a lot I've gotten better about toning it down a little bit and it is about titles I'm not gonna lie there's yeah there's an important component you know that's like oh you know you get that prestige and you get that recognition from that Mm -hmm. but like there's a much deeper part of it for me and I think for most competitors that, you know, it's just like a, a calling that I've had my whole life. And I think a lot of people are the same way. It's a very honest and self-reflective sort of path to follow. I was going to ask about what you went to school for. I know there's like no segue, terrible transition. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've just been like, um, so I went to school for to completely unrelated subject double majored in photography and sociology i mean yeah. they're like I can hand see in hand. yeah i can see the relation for sure yeah. <laughs> humans of so, new york you know like that's just one big exactly. old sociology um experiment they're all studies of sociology in my opinion like any any studies that is absolutely how my photography evolved was around people like i very rarely took yeah. pictures of anything other than people so uh, yeah, it definitely went hand in hand for me. Um, we have a friend to this podcast, and he is a sociology major, and he's really obsessed with like, with, the, with this listening to this podcast and listening to all the different stories. Of the oh, nice. He'll be like, "This is oh my, my God. this is my breakdown." <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I love that. I'd love to talk to you about that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, actually, there's, there's a, a, go ahead. Yeah, there's um, there's that guy that takes pictures of jujitsu people like pe- people of jujitsu think oh yeah the, the handle and like those are fascinating to me like the just the people's faces i feel like we, like he takes such great pictures of people's expressions yeah. and faces and he has you know the exact same picture for every person like it's the same frame Everybody yep. has their shoulders, so it's like you're just looking at the same picture over and over again, but they're so completely different and intense and detailed. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that kind of thing. Yeah. You get so um, much out of the face. Yeah. There's a lot of really information. So much, which I think is like a, a big reason why it's so hard. It's hard to talk to people without, you know, being face to face. For that reason, yeah. especially for me, like I really have difficulty with it. Um, like I, it, it, you know, I think that a lot of people are like this now. Like I'm either going to text or talk talk to you in person, but not talk to you on the phone. Right. But I think that that it's, it's legit. 
like there's a weird thing that happens when you're not facing somebody and talking to them. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and you just can't. I mean, I, I say this while we're doing this now, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I think, like, it would be interesting. If we were ever in the same place, we'll have to do a podcast in person and see how they compare. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like, I don't think I don't think it'll be super weird or anything, but there is a certain cadence and rhythm and body language yeah. plays a big part of it. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Com- that's what. Yeah. yeah conversation is a fascinating thing. Yeah. So, so I went to school for that, and then I, um, when I moved to DC, I was working um, at a healthcare um, advocacy nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked with like all of the free clinics in DC, and we got funding for them and promoted them and made sure that they could keep their doors open. Um, really, really fulfilling work to be honest i mean in a in a in a city that's you know kind of the center of our government's highly yeah fucked up politics <laughs> um <laughs> to do something on like a ground level and see changes happening was really fulfilling um until our current president came in and messed it up even more um yeah even on that even on a yeah even on yeah yeah, like the small city scale it messed us up a lot so um yeah so that was kind of uh that was like a year ago I decided to leave there which was a really like big deal for me um Mm -hmm. but but also you know is terrifying but really rewarding to kind of be faced with like okay um what are you really gonna do and how are you really gonna make this work and um you know get more involved with what you're doing every day and incorporating it together and making jujitsu and and things surrounding jujitsu because i do a lot of things that surround jujitsu that aren't necessarily jujitsu right Um, yeah yeah, but um, yeah, there's this one this one project I'd love to talk about if we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I work for this group called the Lionheart Initiative. I think you guys might have talked to Jiggy about it briefly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was in the very like beginning stages when in the beginning. Yeah. So. So this is a story on my side. I know you guys kind of heard her side of yeah. it, but um, so um, Jiggy's awesome, by the way. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody already knows that, but let's just put it out there one more time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But so when um when she got me together with Hyperfly, I had like applied to be sponsored by them, and I had told them about this project. Um, and the project is called the Lionheart Initiative, and um, they basically try to awareness, but also bring growth to the jujitsu and MMA um, community in Africa. Mm-hmm. And so we we do trips, like what we send we send athletes over to different countries, and we like start setting up schools and then help them grow and you know kind of have this network of people throughout Africa but also throughout the world mm-hmm. um that has been growing and evolving through it and it's awesome i mean it's it's like really great people really great work um and then so we linked hyperfi and them up together which has been an amazing um duality yeah (laughs) yeah they're they're the best i mean like seriously like it's been an honor working with them like it's you know it's amazing people see as this big company but you know in truth it's like a family and a couple oh yeah 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 you know and that's so crazy it's 
crazy the amount of work that they do and what, what great things that they've done for the community. It's so awesome to watch. And they're so passionate and, and um, so passionate. <laughs> I think like real people, you know? Um, yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out Hyperfly. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. Big shout out Hyperfly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big shout out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they they like they actually went on our last trip to Africa and like they um we had a, a tournament set up and we had people come from like they traveled like six days by bus to get to the yeah. tournament. Yeah. Wow. And so yeah. we have yeah, like if you get you guys need to check it out, but there's like um, a documentary that Hype Five put out about it, and you know, showing the people coming and then the actual tournament. It's just really awesome. Um, I'm sure so that like I'm, people's lives, like truly, it sounds so cheesy. Oh my god! But, like for real. No, but it really is amazing. Yeah, we're like, what and watching the growth from it has been so cool like just being able to be in touch with these people like so far away but you know for me obviously like a deep connection already to, to Africa and like having having that those two things reconnect in my life has been really cool um yeah Perfect. so Oh, yeah, nice. full circle, exactly. Like bringing my old martial arts <laughs> to my new martial arts back to where my right. first martial arts started. Really cool. So yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we often talk about how there's so much, um, you know, like obviously MMA is like a very young sport. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're also like in awe of like how quickly things are evolving. Yeah. And like the game is changing and sure. all and it's global thing yeah i don't know it's like so beautiful like every place you go that was the one one really big um uh factor when it came to starting this podcast is just like kind of how prevalent uh, fighting, fighting just is, is yeah um, across any society like yeah. every nation has some form of i love like a cultural martial art but it also seems Absolutely. you know like in the grand scheme of like media and things like this and um development it seems like yeah. africa is such a I, I'm sure it's like a untapped mine of, yeah. of endless potential. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like well, in, in good. No, no, I was saying like in Senegal, which is where we, we had a couple of our trips. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you, you Lord. don't even yeah. realize how big it is there. Like it's not, yeah. it's not jujitsu. Yeah. They have their own, but it's so yeah. similar. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, wrestling is the oldest sport in yeah, the world, right? It's the oldest yeah. documented sport of anything, right? I mean, it's a very yeah. natural human instinct. Yeah, um, grappling. Yeah. But just yeah, it's interesting to see like how all the culture and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, like seeing it evolve different places, yeah. it's, it's almost like watching. Like you see those um, documentaries about pyramids and how pyramids like popped up all over the world mm -hmm. in different places. Yeah. And how how did that happen? Like how was that possible? It's kind of like that. It's like just a human instinct. Like your grappling yeah. is just gonna be a human instinct. So fighting evolves from that, and yeah, different places will take it on a different way. And it's it's cool. It's cool to bring it together. That is such a good way of putting it, as far as like. It's 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 like how language you know evolved locally. Yeah. So like, so like to people that are like, oh, fighting, it's so whatever, brutal, uncivilized, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, mm -hmm. um, look at everything mm -hmm. else that is an yeah. aspect of being human, which is like, you know, like uh, your skin color is also kind of determined by like where your ancestors came from. Yeah. You know, like that's a local development, like. Uh, again, like language is a local development. Uh, yep. Like uh, food and fighting. Like yeah, it follows the exact same pattern of evolution and development and just like changing. Yeah, so, like we all talk, yeah. we just talk differently. Mm -hmm. We all fight, yeah, we exactly. just fight differently. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's pretty wild that, like, you know, at least with like Lionheart Initiative and stuff, you can have someone that seems like a Islam Makachev type, you know, it's like you're from Dagestan. Like, how, how is it yeah. you know, what these people are doing in Africa? 
you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's so cool. And it's so cool to see, like, when you see people discovering it for the first time. But, yeah. you know, again, it's like they people get it, you know, like it's um, but fighting. I, I often talk to people about, you know, like my experience is that fighters fight the least in life. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. know. So I mean, yeah. Like it maybe, especially MMA. Yeah, it can be brutal. Other sports can be brutal. You know, other fighting techniques are brutal. But like, man, the respect that comes from it, and the community that comes from it, and like what you get out of it personally, is like far exceeds what would naturally happen to so many people that are involved in the fight world like there there's so many people that have been saved by being able to fight in their life yes it's crazy <laughs> yeah big facts yeah, yeah. it's almost yeah. as if expressing a very basic human instinct is overall very beneficial for your experience it really is i mean man Absolutely. like i i i feel bad for people that don't have an outlet that is mm-hmm. as yeah. as outletish. <laughs> I know that's not a word, <laughs> but like as fulfilling of an outlet as some sort of martial art or fighting style. Like you, you, you can't get that really out of your system the same way any other way. In my opinion, Agreed. in my experience, you know. Agreed. Um, you yeah, you and like. <laughs> You, you really see like yeah. pent up frustration, and it's like oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm frustrated with people. It's like I get frustrated with people, and then I start thinking about like you know I'm overly, barely overly empathetic, and so I'm like, but then like, what are they going through? And it always comes back to like, yeah. you have a lot of negative energy, and you really yeah. need to get a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's coming out in this like uh, playing field, but it should really it's more appropriate for someplace else. Yeah. So like well, go, going back yeah. to what five year olds can teach you. Yeah. yeah, it's been my opinion for a long time, and I've I've told people this before. I really believe that like if adult human beings were allowed to have temper tantrums, that everything would be solved yeah. in the world. <laughs> like yeah, totally. full on, just like fall down on the ground, kicking and screaming for like thirty seconds, you'd be fine. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm good. <laughs> But totally. you know, yeah. you, see no, kids, you, you see kids like completely break down in the middle of a store, kicking and screaming, and nobody looks twice. They're like, oh, <laughs> "It's a kid throwing a tantrum." But like, when when is that not acceptable anymore? At what age is that not acceptable? Yeah, yeah. and why is it not acceptable? Because <laughs> you still yeah. have, if if anything, you have more pent up frustration and rage than when you're five years old i mean come on like how are we supposed to get it out this is like a weird yeah um and it seems completely tangential but i promise you it's not and that um the founder of crossfit of all people like one of the principles of it is play which i think is such a good and simple word. like amongst everything in your life like as an adult um it's weird that i'm connecting these two things i guess but crossfit and i think like not at all psychedelic sort of people kind of talk about this thing too it's like you know you're only on this earth for like a short amount of time and like you said fighters are like the people that are less likely to fight because they kind of understand the consequences and all yeah the they get it so, yeah they get it and it's like i think that if we were just allowed to be adult and play and kind of go back to like yeah. real things that make us happy as people totally like agree. i understand that like i understand people need jobs and like as much as sometimes i get frustrated by my job i understand the world we live in is capitalist and blah 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 we can get on that route but yeah you know, just as much as there's all that sort of stuff, we also need to be conscious of like, well, that comes out of cost yeah. and take away the play aspect of it mm-hmm. and take away, like, like you're saying, whether that manifests in fighting or tantrums or whatever, just being able to be like your authentic self for a moment. And even yeah. if yeah. a piece of shit sometimes, you know, yeah, um, like being able to get that off your chest, I think, instead of keeping it in would go a long way for society. <laughs> well, I, no, I totally think- agree one of the like the key aspects of what makes martial arts so um effective at kind of calming people down and evening people down is like you you have to do 
it's not it's both an individual sport, but you're also competing against someone in such a very close, intimate proximity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and like when you are like rolling with someone, trying to submit them, and they're like, but is in your face, and you're just like trying to like trip out of there, and you're like, oh my god, what is this? And then their sweat like gets into your mouth, and like you know, mm-hmm. all this, like kind of gross human movement coming together it's like what what asset like what else can bring you closer to your fellow human being than absolutely like two bugs like it's just it's so true it's so true because even sex is way faker than rolling with somebody that's gonna be the clip like jujitsu is like the most honest human conversation that you can have yeah. <laughs> it's like just yeah, like, like get it out like yeah. yeah exactly yeah just get it out like get it out you don't care whether you're spitting or drooling or sweating or whatever yeah. is going on you're just like gonna keep going you're gonna keep doing what you're doing and like you like, no room for shame there's no room exactly. for like self-consciousness uh, or anything because i think like even like you said with sex you know like people get like oh i have to like be like a porn star whatever but like with jujitsu yeah. like you can't you can't fake anything yeah. otherwise you're gonna get your like shit wrecked it's, it's like that meme where it's like oh yeah sex is great but uh have you tried jujitsu exactly <laughs> no it's so true though because i mean i mean like unless you're in a very comfortable relationship with somebody you're going to be concerned about like how your hair looks or what your breath smells like or whatever, yeah. you know, like, and when you're in the middle of trying to strangle somebody, you are not worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yo, this is how it is. We're just, we're doing this right now. Right. Like, I don't care. <laughs> <Big fact. laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> very appropriate. So anyway. <laughs> like, that's the best part of the <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I think we this has been a great conversation. Yeah. We could go on forever. Stop here. But, um, you know, I want to go ahead and give you this time to tell people where to find you and where to keep up with you. And, um, I think I'm speaking for the both of us and that, you know, keeping up with you on social media has always been such like a positive yeah and, like, you're always so um smiley and happy and i think uh, uh, hopefully conversation they can kind of have a more positive outlook on life because i think that yeah. you are like a, a beacon of <laughs> open yeah. Yeah. A very good example you. life that, that means a lot but yeah no totally um so yeah if you wouldn't mind like telling people yeah. where to yeah. find me so they can also be <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I am on all social media at Ninja, Ninja, BJJ, and it's D-I-N-J-A, N-I-N-J-A, BJJ. Um, yeah, but mostly Instagram is usually my, my outlet of choice. (laughs) Um, and yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a, I was a photography major and I like to, you know, bring cheer to the world. Yeah. It's the easiest outlet to do that. Elon Musk says um, it's because of most limbic resonance. So. <laughs> Confirmed. Nice. Best media. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I just, and I just want to tell you guys what we were talking about. Lionheart initiative is um, mm-hmm. at MMA for Africa, like the number four. Okay, um, cool. we'll link all the yeah. shirts yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Nice. Can I can I shout out my my awesome sponsors real quick? Hell yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. go for it. Yeah, <laughs> I have some awesome sponsors, and you guys like I've been working with these people forever, so they've been holding me down through thick and thin, and I love them to death. So, um, yeah, big shout out to Hyperfly because seriously, they they're the best. We all know it. We're just going to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> very and then, friendly yeah, they're the best. Um, and then just soap um, and war tape and guard what's yours. 
and just pins. And then my newest sponsor is Page Build. And I'll send you guys the link to that. But anybody that lives in DC or anywhere around there, it's a really good friend of mine that also does jujitsu and he builds the most awesome houses you've ever seen. So one day I will be able to afford one. In the meantime, you guys should. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's it. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I like the dichotomy. Yeah, that's the best. And they come they come in all shapes and forms and sizes in jujitsu. Real talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, but thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. What a great no, conversation. Conversation. Like I feel like uh, it would be dangerous to put us in a in a room be like four hours later. Yeah. Oh, I mean, trust us, that's definitely happened in person before, and we're like, shit, we should record. Like, like what are we doing? We forgot. Yeah, we're kidding. That's so cool. Um, all right. Talk soon. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. And before you go, just a reminder, make sure to check out the sponsor codes from the sponsors Ginger Ninja mentioned in this episode. Just to reiterate, Ginger Fly for Hyperfly, Ginger 10, the number 10, at Jit Soap, Ginger Pins at Jit Pins, Ginger Ninja BJJ for Canna Body, and DM Guard What's Yours and mention that you heard Ginger Ninja talk about them on this podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cage Free Chicks. If you want to know more about us, want to be our next guest, or just want to holler, slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at Cage Free Chicks, C-H-I-X. Also, please download, share, and leave us a review on iTunes or any of our other platforms. Until next time.